0: Hello and welcome to Are We Forcing It? I'm Annie. And I'm Marianne. And we are a Star Wars podcast that talks about Star Wars news, Star Wars books, and whatever's on at the time, which now for the first time, not like it's the first time ever, but the first time for us, is both The Bad Batch and Season 3 of The Mandalorian. (laughs) A triumphant return, indeed. He's back! We're so excited. And not a long episode. No, that was weird. Despite my rant about how it better be long, (laughs) it it was bad. bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I'm not mad at it. I was just like, oh, this was short. But also after the bad batch, I think it was okay to have something short and sweet. Yeah, bad batch was interesting. There hasn't been a ton of Star Wars news this week because of Mando's launching. They tend not to really. They try not to overlap big launches and a lot of news because they really want you to you know, watch the launch. But what's it called? Jedi Battle Scars? Yes, the Jedi Battle Scars, yes. yes. It's supposed to come out the 7th, which I believe is the day that this episode's supposed to air. Yes, today should be the 7th. So it's out today. Go buy it, go read it, prepare for Jedi survival, as Marianne will also be doing. Yes, I'm so yes. excited. But other than that... Um, They've announced some more people for celebration, you said. Yeah,
1: Michelle Ang, who does the voice of um Omega, everybody's favorite little clone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh hold on one second. The other one that they announced was um Simon Cas Kass- Cassianides. Cassianides. He played Axe Woves, one of the Mandalorians in um season two that Din met. Who was with Bo Katan, but he was of that group. He's part of, so he's one of the Mandalorians that was hanging out with Bo Katan. Um, Warwick Davis is going to be there. Uh, Denise Goh, our favorite, Dedra, And then, yeah, that's it for Celebration. And then, oh, also, Celebration is not going to be live streamed. <laughs> for sure it's not. <laughs> yeah. Well, so far I haven't heard anything more, but I just
0: really. Want them to live stream it <laughs> i think everyone does i'm going to be surprised if they don't so we have a lot going on this week we had two very packed episodes of quality disney plus television and also or one story from um star wars from a certain point of view and it's not oh, of course i put my bookmark in the next story so now let me Go back here but it's called the secrets of the long snoot and it's written by delilah s dawson who we have said before i think one of her biggest star wars contracts was to write the phasma book mm-hmm. but she's also done um a lot of other stuff she wrote the blood series blud they are i i think i've heard of them but i thought they were called the wicked series because each of them is wicked as they come wicked mm. as she wants wicked after midnight um and wicked ever after so uh and then a lot of stuff for star wars the perfect weapon was a short story that was part it was like included as a bonus item in the paperback version of the force awakens novelization um and also is available in ebook format um, there's a s- Scorched short story, which was in Star Wars Insider, Phasma, um, Secrets of the Long Snoot, which we read this time. She also was part of the Galaxy's Edge promotional stuff. So she wrote something for that. And yeah, there's a lot going on. And um, it looks like she also has a short story in The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Marianne, would you like to tell us about the story? All right. So this one was interesting,
1: kind of sad. Um, so secrets of Long Snoot. So Long Snoot is the one who tells the stormtroopers um, where to go for order. For uh, they, she, they're the one that direct the stormtroopers to uh, Docking Bay ninety four to um, capture the droids. Um, So, as we're reading, we find out that they have a name. It's Geradin Ez Zavor. And they come from a respectable hive on Kubindi. Um, And their clan is known for breeding and farming a sought-after strain of succulent picklet beetle. And that their children are well-known senators, orators, and artists. And that grandchildren fill the creches and academies to bring future glory to the hive. But then you also find out that... Garand Dan here is actually trying to free his home planet from the control of the empire get as much credit as possible to go home because his mate died and he needs to go bury his mate uh i thought this was interesting they see me as a monster from their nightmares a hideous dishonest creature that lives to swindle and degrade them if only they could understand that i see them exactly the same way but with the added bonus of slavery and oppression i'm here only because their people brought me here and abandoned me they are here by choice so as you as we're reading along, he is looking for the droids. He's looking for 3PO and um, R2 because the bounty is his ticket off of Tatooine. Um, we also learned that he had been chosen to study under the Empire as a diplomat and was lied to. Instead, they trained him as a spy. Um, my ability to read body language, smell pheromones and weapons, and hear from long distances was to become a mere tool in the hand of galaxy-wide tyranny. My 50 companions and I were put in manacles and forced to withstand propaganda, indoctrination, and reprogramming. And then he wants to get back to his home planet because he wants to tell people that the Empire, uh, you know, is holding them hostage. So he's waiting in the cantina. He finds the droids. He tells the um, the empire that they're heading for docking bay 94 so he's waiting there they're like okay um you know once they're captured we'll send the credits to you he's waiting he's waiting he's waiting he checks his data pad droids evaded capture bounty not awarded and so he's just like Ugh. you know he also uh, acquired imperial codes to get him off the Tatooine, so he only has like a few hours or day or two while the codes are still good um and so somebody approaches him and he's like i need a job like today and um so he takes up this job which is working against the alliance but again he doesn't care because he's trying to um get off and he knows that that the empire has lied to him
0: yeah it's interesting because he doesn't he doesn't really care about the alliance one way or the other which no. is why he at in no. the end is like i'm going to go but right. the his goal um, is to
1: get off planet, get back to his home planet,
0: and then you know, free his people from yeah.
1: the empire. Yeah. Although
0: it's his whole plan for freeing the people is basically just if they Informing only understood, yeah. yeah, then we could revolt. Right. Which isn't much of a plan, but sure. Get home and try to you know, spread oh the I news. Yeah. But also, he wants to get back to his children and grandchildren.
1: Who excuse
0: me? Yeah, um, I feel like their species must mature and um, they're descendants of insects that's what it says um, yeah I feel like their species must mature and reproduce like way faster than humans because he talks about being brought up and taught about the alliance but the alliance is only you know less than 10 years old really and then he says like oh and then he already had these children and he's like I'm sure there's like many many more children already or grandchildren you know, I was just like, well, that seems odd, but maybe they're just like, you know, um, I don't know. I, I keep thinking of bees. So maybe they have eggs. Maybe they lay eggs all the time. And that's why yeah. there's children yeah. everywhere. I don't know. They don't go into deep detail. Um, another shout out for a wooher. wooer. Yes, the bartender. The bartender. Um, kind of the whole story, really. Which is a, a lot of it was backstory, but it is really interesting because it's kind of building out more of what the Empire does to the other planets that aren't right. human. Because right. we pointed out, especially when we were watching Andor, it's like, oh, the Empire clearly thinks the humans are the it, like that they're. The right. They're
1: very, um, yeah, they discriminate against the aliens, which is why it's really interesting that Thrawn is able to move up
0: in the ranks that he did. Well, that's like part of his, I don't know much about the um, books, obviously, but that's part of what the lore is kind of about him, where he's so intelligent that the Emperor just thinks he's an exceptional being. Like, it, there's right. nothing about his species that's more intelligent, necessarily. But he's like, well, this guy, I guess, is fine. He's basically human with blue skin. Well, <laughs> and
1: in... About. um in the first Thrawn book, when Thrawn is first introduced to the Empire, to the Emperor, or he's talking to the Emperor, and Thrawn's like, I want to help your people, because this threat, there's a threat out there that also threats my people. Then he tells him the name, tells him his name, Mithra Neurodo, and Palpatine's like, ah! Yeah, I remember you. So Palpatine's like, okay, that's fine. You can stay so so ha- i think what got him was speaking the name of
0: anakin skywalker well now we're off topic but, but we'll it's okay that's <laughs> fine i was like we went an interesting we're still, talking, we're still okay. talking about
1: star wars it's totally fine it's totally I mean, fine
0: really it's all under the same umbrella yeah exactly it's fine so this week we watched the bad batch episode it was 11 season 2 and it was called metamorphosis we had predictions that i feel like i was not
1: entirely off
0: i feel like i brought up something that wasn't super off because i was like they'll probably encounter something that changes very quickly (laughs) i was like oh it actually changes alarmingly fast (laughs) Um, but basically they get a tip from sid while they're fighting with her um that there's a downed ship and she's like there's parts that are valuable to me go find them don't come back if you don't find something valuable something really snotty and it's kind of that whole scene is just setting up their eventual departure from sid i think because even tech is like we could leave but the problem is that she knows too much about us and they just have to play it safe with sid they have to figure out
1: Mm
0: -hmm. a quote-unquote diplomatic solution as tech says but they agree to go check out the ship and so they go down to the planet the the tower that they're on that's is that an imperial tower i felt like that was just a village actually no
1: it's that's just a village there
0: yeah okay so they go they find the ship and it's really creepy and there's a man what is it called the creature the zillow beast the zillow beast i keep wanting to call it a zulu i'm no, like no a, zulu a, is an african language okay it's a beast. the Zillow beast um and the last time we saw one of those of course was in the clone wars there was a whole arc about should we or should we not kill it and then in the <laughs> I end i believe it does die so yes. yeah and this creature apparently is a clone, a clone of, of
1: it. it yes and
0: it basically out evolved the ship so it destroyed everything took everyone down they walk in and it's still changing they there's a lot of tension going on um and by the time they figure out it's the zillow beast they're like well we just gotta get out of here and then of course the Imperials show up and they have to fight them and in the end they escape with their lives despite tech making stupid moves several times (laughs) like Fascinating. Um, really?
1: Really, Tech? Really? We're gonna sit there and be fascinated when by he something?
0: stood and said fascinating. I was like, What
1: the F are you doing? You know, <laughs> just like just go like
0: shoot it or something. Run, <laughs> run. Yeah, exactly.
1: But you gotta admit um, his and uh, then also like saving
0: Omega was pretty cool. <laughs> so Tech saves Omega. There's an explosion. I should have rewatched it today, actually, because now I'll, all I can think of is the explosion. Did remind me. Did the beast die, or did the no? They captured it again. No, they it captured, captured it. it. Yeah, because um, because they it was sucking the,
1: the the sucking the um power out of the power station there for the village, and yeah. Tech told him, "Listen, don't let it eat more power because it'll just grow." And then, hello, a full-grown <laughs> Zilla beast. Too late.
0: It's Godzilla. <laughs> but the other important side story going on in this episode is that. Nalise is refusing to cooperate with the Empire. And, and Lamasue is a dick. Lamasue, who we thought they just took off to kill. I but apparently. He died. Yeah, he I thought he they were dead. just like, we don't need him, kill him off. But what they did, I guess he was just in detention until he got to be useful. And yes. he tells them, you want to get her to cooperate, you gotta find Omega. I mean, he doesn't say that, but he's like, There's sure. a little clone girl out there. This dude
1: freaks me out. Whoever this new guy is, I do not like him. But- oh, but Republic Commando fans will rejoice. That is indeed Scorch, who is there. The lead uh, Commando, Clone Commando. He's, um, you probably, I don't know if you know this, but uh, he's from the video game uh, Republic Commando, which follows uh, an elite uh, Commando squad. You got, uh, they're called the Delta Squad. You have Scorch, Fixer, Sev, and then Boss um and scorch is one of them and so that was scorch who was like the one clone commando who was standing there when they were uh rounding up the villagers and then he was the one talking to that doctor person interesting yes so one of my one of my friends was like what if it's delta squad no no it was one of my friends it was a a uh, tweet i saw they're like what if it's gonna be delta squad versus the bad batch and i'm
0: like oh no i saw it on tiktok also and i was like and i was like is this supposed to be people i remember from the clone wars they i
1: don't think i don't think delta squad was in the clone wars Mm -hmm. um but we did see in... Um, I mean, it's a popular game, though. So it, we did, it makes sense. Yeah, we did see in, in at the end of The Bad Batch season one, we did. I'm pretty sure that is Scorch that we saw who was um, escorting Nalise off of the ship. But I'm pretty sure we see... Well, no, no I think we actually saw Scorch
0: on Darrow. Maybe. I'm pretty sure I mean, Scorch we now saw you'll have to go back in. And- look again well i think if you're not expecting to see somebody and if they're not like prominently displayed it's really easy to miss them yeah but, I think but now so if like... you're like yeah i did
1: think people did say that that was scorch on Darrow. so it's like okay where's the rest of
0: delta squad at <laughs> it would be fun to do a delta squad versus the bad batch it would be nice for them to have an enemy that's not one person <laughs> like if they could There's so many of them, like the odds are in their favor. (laughs) Like them versus Crosshair is like, obviously they're going to win or they're going to come together and whatever. But them versus a whole squad that doesn't care about them at all, I think would be really interesting. The other big thing that happened in the episode is that besides them saying they're going to leave Sid, they are really setting up their little arc with their like they're really telling us they're basically straight up telling us that the batch is about to abandon this whole we're not getting involved thing
1: because and get involved yeah no yeah. i absolutely agree because he's like get he's like get that intel to echo and rex and you see omega sitting there like yes well
0: and it was almost it was basically tech who was like we have to do something. He doesn't say it like that, but he's like, if this gets in the wrong hands.
1: Yeah. He's like, there's more to this because he's like, they weren't trying to stop cloning. They're trying to control
0: it. Yeah. And also they basically are supposed to take that back for Sid. And they're, they don't say it, but they're like, no, give it to Rex instead. Yep. And so I feel like it's setting up something and it, makes sense for it all to set up if next week is a crosshair episode because it means we probably won't see them for a week especially since we haven't seen crosshair since episode three or whatever it was i think that it makes sense that we won't see them again next week but then when they come back with like a vengeance to break off break up with sid and go join the whatever because there's only 16 episodes right yes the season so we're like four weeks away from a finale three weeks yeah i was like wow they are really putting it in your face now which we've i mean you especially like we've been saying it all season they're eventually going to get to a point where they're not running anymore they're not hiding anymore right and that's what they're they're basically there they're on the brink yep i agree i definitely agree that was definitely a this is a
1: this is a game changer episode any last thoughts on the bad batch before we i'm excited for next week though i people keep saying next week is crosshairs episode so i'm really
0: interested to see um what that's going to be like i'm i'm pretty excited for it so i'm assuming after something happened something happened we all know what happened after whatever it was happened to rampart that um maybe he got shipped off somewhere maybe that's what's happening so we got the
1: outpost Pabu tipping point that one makes me nervous and then the summit in Plan 99. So those 14, 15, and 16, I feel like are going to be... Uh...
0: They'll be intense. Yeah. Uh, Mando, of course, is back. Mando Season 3 opened, and it's pretty chill. And also, supposedly, um, Jon Favreau said that there are two years between when Mando says goodbye to Grogu at the end of Season 2 and when he picks him up in season four or five or episode four or five of Boba Fett two entire years which kind of makes sense only because it was more than a year before the show aired like I could see it happening in real time where it's like it's been a year but two years and a lot of people are not being able to come to terms with it yeah so the plot of the episode I wasn't super clear on Mando's path here because I mean basically he's been kicked out of his um cult i don't know what it's called his little branch cult thing he's been kicked out they've seemed to have been finding more people growing in more numbers um and the entire first scene i kept trying to figure out if it was supposed to be a flashback Oh yeah. (laughs) i was like is this supposed to be him is that what's happening oh no there he is okay okay (laughs) not a flashback Just a cool entrance, obviously. Um, And so he's been kicked out, but he's like, I'm going to go to Mandalore because I don't think the surface is poisoned and I'm going to redeem myself of my sins. And the armorer is basically like, sure, good luck. And so he leaves. Uh, The first place he goes is Navarro, which has definitely changed. I think that makes sense. It has to be. I think that's why he said it had been two years because I feel like then you know it makes sense that that planet would change so much in a few years rather than like a few months now it's like a whole respected place um grief karga definitely out here being super extra
1: (laughs) with his thinking droids carrying droids carrying
0: the train of his cloak and then there's the little critters um well now i'm getting ahead of myself but basically he comes back because he's just like i just want ig11 like i just want him need him to get
1: him through to help him get uh to go through to find the mines
0: yeah and he's like he's the only droid i trust um because i don't know despite how smart mando is i feel like sometimes he's just A little stubborn too much for his own good because of course the predictable thing happens which is ig11 is reset he has like the factory resetting and now he's gonna kill the baby and kill the asset what what a fool (laughs) oh my gosh and basically he destroys what's left of ig11 after he painstakingly rebuilt him um because he tried to kill the baby again so Karga takes him to the little critters that are um man I forgot his name but he's the little guy
1: Bubba
0: in... Freak. Freak thank you from the force of Wait, no 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 from the rise of Skywalker he's an Anzolin. Um, an Anzolin. so the first mm-hmm. time we saw one in the episode I was like is that supposed to be him but no just more of him <laughs> more <laughs> of the species that's... equally as funny um Mando barely understands anything they say and <laughs> yeah it's a funny little scene and they're like nah no way you can repair this guy and he's like what do, what is the one part you need and they were like yeah we uh, even if we could get it like they don't make them anymore and it was like a whole thing but basically he's like well I will go find one and come back um and of course there's a whole little tussle with some pirates which again, I was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to know who they are or if they're just supposed to be pirates. You forgot um, the part where Grogu was, was
1: squeezing one because he loved it so much. One of the little yeah, one of the little Zillings. Remember, he was he was he was squeezing it. He was hugging it, and he thought like bad baby, <laughs> no squeezing, bad baby.
0: Oh yeah, well that was when he said, um, like if you could get it, we'll fix him or whatever. And so the baby goes to hug him, but they thought he was attacking it. Right. <laughs> or, yeah. There was that. Oh, that was um funny. this part was so funny. I love it. the thing with the pirates. Actually, the thing with the pirates was before. Well, anyway, there was a thing with pirates. As he's leaving the planet, he's again apprehended by pirates. And it kind of seems like there's a something going on with the pirates. Like they're they're gonna be part of something bigger later on. Yeah. Although it would be nice if we could get some Hondo in here. Yes. How much do we need to get some Hondo in here? We'd like some Hondo. We'd like some Hondo. Live-action Hondo. If we got live-action Cad Bane, I don't see no reason why we shouldn't have a live-action Hondo. I'm kidding. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Although I think Ahsoka would be a good place for him to show up because he's kind of one of those characters where it's like Ezra has to see him again. (laughs) Right. There's also that. And if Maul wasn't dead, I'd also say Maul. Like, Ezra needs a full Reunion. But speaking of Ezra Bridger, I actually skipped the most important part. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for you to get to I that completely reward. forgot about it because it happens very early in the episode yes. when he's on his way to Navarro. They're in a hyperspace lane, just chilling. He's napping. Mando is. And Grogu's just enjoying the galaxy. And what is there? What's outside what? the window? Burkle, burkle.
1: Oh, I was so excited. I was immediately I was screaming. Like, Ezra, come
0: home! <laughs> Ezra, <laughs> Ezra hard, is not you? Uh, foreshadowing for sure. For sure. For oh, sure. yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. But I was like, it's a burgle And it was beautifully shot. And then, mm-hmm. right as I was about done screaming, was the cutest shot in the episode. Oh, my God, yes. Where Grogu leaves his little the droid cockpit and goes down to the normal cockpit and just knuckles up so stinking cute oh my god i love it uh, they were like you know what the people want cute grogu they
1: want grogu cuddling with dad okay that's what they want that's exactly what we wanted oh yeah was so stinking adorable oh my gosh
0: for real Love so it. then we have the whole navarro stuff but as he leaves Navarro. He goes to well, and then you kind of learn that he's teaching Grogu how to be a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. He's yep. like, I'm gonna stay here and raise this kid who's not gonna be mature by the time I die. <laughs> but whatever. Um, he's like, he'll be a Mandalorian, it'll be fun. Um, and so he's teaching him how to fly the plane or the plane, what am I saying? The ship, how the like dashboard works and all the gears, and he's explaining to him, which is a storytelling device, is not the worst. Is like they come to—I don't know if it's supposed to be a moon. I feel like he said it was a moon, but maybe it's just a planet. And he says this is a planet. I think he does say it's a planet in the Mandalorian system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um It's just not
1: Caravala. Caravala.
0: Yeah, and then he says, and that's a Mandalorian castle. And it's the castle that we saw Bo-Katan in, in all the stills. And of course she's there. But there's no one there. She just, I guess, chills on her throne, regretting her decisions. Um, and he's like, I am here to join you. Surprise. But I wasn't really sure why he went from I'm going to find that part to go joining her. Like, I feel, I don't know, maybe he gave up on the part. And then decided to go join her. Like that's the part that I thought was unclear. Like I was wondering if maybe there's a missing explanation somewhere why he went from the whole IG Kilvala.
1: Kalev But anyways, it's called Kalvala And that's where Bo is uh
0: chilling. Yeah, I guess regretting her life decisions, which he kind of calls her out because she's like, they all left, they left me because our cause was hopeless and he was like well let's go get them i'm going to mandalore i'm pretty sure the surface is not poison and she is just like you have the dark saber then they'll go with you like you can go find them i'm gonna sit here and pout and he's like i don't understand because you said that everything my cult does is legends and myths but you believe this curse is real like this whole yeah thing about the dark saber is real and it's kind of like she's not superstitious but she's a little stitches to quote the office little (laughs) Um, suspicious little little stitches doesn't really say anything but like dismisses him but we know she's gonna be in more episodes and do more things so i kind of wonder if in the next episode or at some point maybe she'll just show up and be like well i thought about what you said so here we are Um, But it does seem like the overall point of this arc, like, now that his mission has been fulfilled, his new mission is to figure out Mandalore. Right. Get to the waters, bathe in the mines, and redeem himself.
1: It's really interesting because a lot of people, their initial response, and this was my initial response, too, but they're like, you don't have to, like, why do you feel the need to redeem yourself when you know what you did was not entirely wrong? And that the fact that your people are willing to, like, cast you out like that, but if that's all he's known for, you know, a good chunk of his life, and that's what he
0: truly believes, then, all right, by all means, go redeem yourself, you know? Well, and I kind of wonder if, specifically Bo-Katan, because she had kind of, I think she had convinced him, or was close enough to convincing him that he did it, where she was like, it's fine to take off your helmet, that's a that's a." thing that the cult does or whatever you don't Mm -hmm. have to do that to be a real mandalorian but then when she refused to take the dark saber maybe he that's when he kind of started doubting Um, right even though it was before he ended up taking off his helmet but it was still like well things don't make sense and maybe i do have to do this or maybe he feels like he has to be the purest mandalorian since he happens to have this dark saber that supposedly makes him the ruler of Mandalore like you know maybe he just doesn't know kind of like what you were saying where he's like if that's all he knows then that's what he's gonna do but right because he's never been to mandalore
1: right so
0: maybe he's just like let's go check out mandalore let's see what's going on over there because i think at this point he's seen enough deception that he knows and even before the series began he wasn't not smart like he wasn't very naive he was a bounty hunter I think maybe he's like, I wonder how much of these lies or whatever are lies and how much of it is true. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe his whole purpose of going to Mandalore is to find truth more than it is to redeem himself. Or maybe they'll just eventually get to that. But I feel like that's his goal. Because in Rebels, it was still inhabitable to a point. Like, they lived in those big cities above the ground. Yeah,
1: the the bubbles, like the, or the, but it was definitely decimated.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but where Sabine's family was living was still on the surface. But that was pretty much it. The end of the episode where he was like, well, bye. And him and Grogu left.
1: Yes. He's like, I'm going to go redeem myself. And she's just like, all right,
0: fine. Although something to note is that they have moved the two stunt doubles up to billing, which means that they now have credits within the credits, within the, the rolled closing credits more than the, you know, like stunt doubles are, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they are star billing. I think that's how you say it.
1: Somebody was pointing out that they felt that Brendan did a little too much with his head. I don't know about that. Around a lot, but I, I don't know. But um, I'm pretty sure the uh, the strut is all
0: Pedro. (laughs) Like people keep saying that, but I think that one of them. I think it's Latif. One of them is noticeably a little thinner than the others. So I think Pedro's the broadest of the three. So sometimes I'm looking and I'm like, I don't think it's him. But I think it's what you had said before, where they all did the walk together
1: oh yeah no they've all like uh, they've all gotten together like pedro pascal said that they've all gotten together to like figure it out to make sure that it's all seamless since it's three of them but i know for a fact that pedro i know that is totally pedro that strut is all him (laughs) that was his idea
0: either way they're up to billing now so we're all getting equal credit Good I, say we, I mean, obviously them. I'm not a part of this.
1: That's good, though, because a lot of I feel like stunt doubles don't get enough credit
0: there. I mean, I think that they we just don't have a lot of awareness for what they do. And I know there's a lot of actors that are very, you know, they praise their stunt doubles very often. Yeah, in, one um, of them. He He's always crediting the stunt doubles. Yeah, I think Brad Pitt is one of oops. Hopefully that didn't break anyone's ears. <laughs> I smacked my microphone by accident. Oh, didn't um, Okay, good. Good. I think Brad Pitt is one of them also that has talked about it. Um, and there's some other actors. I think Cameron Diaz is one of them where they have like career long stunt doubles that just um also Charlize Theron mm-hmm. where she does a ton of her own stunts, but they'll she still has like a career stunt double that does things for her so like i know a lot of them will praise their people and then there's people like tom cruise that's like i don't need a stunt double well i don't think it's that he doesn't need them but he's going for as much like realism as possible so Mm. i'm sure he still has one hanging around somewhere yeah i think there's just not as much awareness for them especially since you know we see the actors faces and we almost never see theirs right and they so many of them change how they look they'll put a wig on them they'll do their makeup they'll give them bodysuits or whatever to make them bulk up or whatever just to look more like the actor so you can't even tell when it's the same like one there's one that does the corridor stunt men series but he has been in like every marvel movie and then it'll be like if you actually watch the background of all of them you'll see that he's played like five different characters <laughs> but he's like in the background <laughs> on screen yeah i think it's probably a fun job if you don't mind getting beat up a little bit every oh, now yeah and then. no i'm sure it is yeah so um yeah but you guys should watch stuntmen react on the corridor crew channel because they go into details about stuntmen and stunts and who did the stunts and they have the stunts on, they have the stuntmen on to react to things which is fun and they explain how they can be set on fire and fall from high heights and survive and stuff like that and how to get started. A lot of them talk about how they got started in the business which is interesting because I feel like that's not something people are like, I want to be a stuntman when I grow up. I'm going to go to school for that. They're like, most of it is, like, you have to be able to do a flip or something. And a lot of it is just you show up when you do things that scare you. (laughs) But, yeah. Well, I don't really know. I feel like the episode didn't leave a ton of room for predictions other than kind of the obvious stuff.
1: Yeah, he's going to Mandalore. He's trying to go to Mandalore anyway. So Trying
0: to put IG back together and go to Mandalore. That's the... And there's probably going to be pirates along the way. If we get Hondo, I'll be very happy. I feel like maybe we're going to get more and more Rebels references. Like we got the Purgles. Right. And we all know Purgles equals Ezra Bridger. Yes. Um, you know, we already had Ahsoka. She had the Thrawn name drop in season two. Right. Um, there's a rumor Ahsoka is also going to be in season three somewhere. But I don't know that for sure. Um, but I wonder if we'll just get more and more rebels references where, like maybe we'll run into Sabine on Mandalore or something on in pursuit of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll well, except she should be on the fall, but whatever. And then we'll find um Hondo. and that even though Hondo is obviously more of a legacy character because he stretches all the way back to the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but, he had a lot of stuff going on in Rebels also. So I think maybe they'll just casually keep hinting at Rebels things before we get to Ahsoka. Which is fine. And the return of Ezra Pritchard. Yes, Ezra, please come home. Come home, Ezra. Freaking
1: felonie! I know where Ezra is.
0: Of course you do. Yeah, I know where he is. He's in the Uncharted regions. Like, thanks. We knew that. Man, we need to rewatch Rebels before Ahsoka. We'll get Probably there. should. There's only... Are there eight episodes of Mando? Yes. So we'll have, we only have four more weeks, three or four more weeks of the Bad Batch, depending yep. on if there's, it's the end of double. Yes. Okay. So we have 13, 14, 15. So we have three more weeks of Bad Batch, seven more weeks of Mando. We should have time to watch some seasons of Rebels before Ahsoka airs. Yes. Yay. Yay. Welp. Yeah, not a ton of room for predictions this week, except that we are excited.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy they're back. miss my uh, favorite reluctant father adopted couple uh, duo.
0: It was interesting because I almost, not that I forgot that they were coming back, but it almost feels like they never left.
1: Like, it just feels
0: like another episode, whereas I felt like the season two opener was so big. Um, And not that this one wasn't big, but I wonder if they're just saving all their budget for whatever crazy things they're going to do in the back half of the season Mm -hmm. with Mandalore. Right. So, and I think they're still trying to make it feel episodic. Mando is built to be an episodic series anyway. Yes. Yeah. And (laughs) hopefully we'll see some more of these train carrying droids. (laughs) Because... Are these rope carrying droids? Yes. <laughs> <It's ridiculous. laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, it's just so much subtle humor going on in that episode. I know it was great, though. It was great. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Well, until next time. I'm Annie, and I'm Marianne, and you can join us to figure out whether or not we're forcing it.
1: Bye. Bye.